1: is up everybody my name is james D. fiori and this is blackball it has been a plymouth brethren marathon here on blackball this week uh we started off with a international exclusive it's so funny to saying that because we're still trying to introduce people to who this group is but a international exclusive where we heard the voice of Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, a.k.a. the Plymouth Brethren Crazy Cult leader, Bruce Hales, tried to, um, let's just say, shake the ankles of his localities so that money would fall out of the pockets to the tune of a half billion dollars. What was amazing is that we... uh, and, and this is something I'm sort of learning as I go. I don't, I don't like my appreciation for this is certainly not as strong as the ex-members. But apparently, hearing this man's voice is just like I, I can't, I can't believe we just heard Bruce's voice. That's that's crazy because apparently it's really rare for people outside uh, the localities and even the people within it. I think are, it's not like a regular occurrence, but I could be. Wrong with that. And then we um, followed the story that was broke by the CBC, where the Human Rights Museum in Winnipeg. Uh, had granted the censorship request of a couple of brethren schools uh from what is it the one sc- one school global i believe it's called and uh, that was an interesting story that that uh, just just enough dander to make you itch and want to scratch some more but not really all that surprising given who we're talking about today we have um a gentleman who if I was going to be, if I woke up tomorrow as a member of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church and I woke up in some locality that I would soon set fire to, mind you, I would probably be similar to this man according to um, Richard and Cheryl, because I asked the question the other day, why don't we just ask Bruce why he's not giving any of his money? And they'd be like, well, because then you'd be ostracized for the rest of your life. And I didn't know that. And so we have an example of that tonight from what I understand. And his name is Peter Hart. And joining us as well is Cheryl Hope. Peter, Cheryl, how are you guys?
2: Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah.
1: Peter, it's very lovely to meet you. I have heard a lot about you. Um, I don't know where to begin. Uh, can you can you tell me, first of all, where you're hailing from and, and where you were when you were uh, with the Brethren and, and sort of where you were born and how all that worked out?
2: Yeah, so I'm from uh, Wellington, New Zealand. I've been here all my, all my life. Um, I, I was a happy member until uh, Bruce appeared on the scene. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of saw through him right from the beginning, really. He he was um, quite different to the others. And I, I saw, sort of saw him as a selfish sort of person, really. He talked about himself a lot. Um, it is very unempathetic. Um, he sort of couldn't see past the end of his nose, um, and he, he wasn't well taught in the scriptures. Um, he, he very obviously loved money because he also talked. If he wasn't talking about himself, he was talking about money. Um, and yeah, he he uh, he, he bought back what what all the brethren know as assistant days, which was what his father and his uncle. We're doing it in the sixties, he bought back back that on steroids. Um what was was happening
1: in the sixties with his dad?
2: Oh, his dad and his uncle were were encouraging the brethren to make lots of money and also um do lots of Bible study. Basically um overachieve, you know, sort of be be high achievers. Hmm. Um yeah. And and, i that I've always extended to to the housewives. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I was going to say I've always been curious if there was some sort of mathematics between the relationship of heavy religious, you know, um, orthodoxy, whatever you know the those those dra- those rules that I find draconian, like you can't break bread with other people because they have cooties or whatever the fuck, and then uh, you know just the excommunication and and all that. It, it was the, was those that religious. Uh, you know, strident kind of like uh, protocols. Was was that seen as something that helped a system make money?
2: Well, I guess so. I mean, they they were so limited in what they could do. You weren't allowed. I'm not sure about the '60s. I think in the '60s too, you weren't allowed to go away on holidays, and basically, you weren't allowed to have fun. So, so yeah, you, but you were allowed to make money. So I guess that was sort of the most fun you could have. So, yeah, it was it caught on pretty quick. And it's the same today. The most fun you can have is make money and spend it.
1: Because it's so mafia. Like, it's set up kind of like a mafia. I'm not really talking about the international UBTs. But I, I refer to, uh, I think it's Brad Mitchell, as, uh, as like a capo, right? Like, he's the guy in Canada who kind of is like the top brethren guy in Canada, if I'm not mistaken right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I call him like, he's like a captain of a mafia crew. So he, he he's like the top of the pyramid in this country, but he still has a boss. And the big boss is Tony Soprano, aka Bruce Hales, who um, up until a few years ago, literally got paid an envelope stuffed full of cash, which is exactly how Tony Soprano gets paid. Like it, it, it was set up. Um, and, and, and so it, you've had like, um, you've been in the same room as this person. You say he talks about money and himself does he seem godly at all behind the curtain or is he is is it just completely 100% a grift for him
2: oh no no he appears godly and uh, I think um you know of a type um I, I guess um yeah it, and he also talks about con men a bit you know he, he uh, probably several times a year he'd refer to, to con men well he, he's the biggest con man of all um yeah he knows yeah. it though. He yeah, he yeah, must.
1: Yeah. There's no way he he pinches planks before he goes to bed at night and doesn't realize that he's a scam artist. It's impossible.
2: Yeah. So yeah. it's quite interesting how he talks about con men because he's got the all his listeners thinking, "Oh, you know, we wouldn't want to be caught caught by a con man." And they're not thinking for a second that he's a con man. Yeah. Then that that's a psychological um, thing. That's like the serial killer helping with the search. You know. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um okay so um if you don't mind me asking how old are you now and how old were you when you left and what were the circumstances sort of behind that specifically
2: how old do you think i am
1: <laughs> i think you're 42 okay i think you're 42 <laughs> years old
2: <laughs> that's hilarious i have no idea man i really don't. Uh, i'm 54. i was 52 when okay. i left okay oh wow
1: so it's fresh you still have that new life smell right like it's like yeah. the yeah um so can you tell me the so that was only a couple of years ago so so you said you were sort of a senior level when Bruce arrived. Were you summarily demoted or how did that work
2: out? I wasn't senior level i was I was never important um okay but but I was yeah I, I was quite quite happy um yeah I, I I fully believed in the Christian I mean in the brethren thing and I, I still I'm still a Christian um I haven't given that up but but I've definitely given up the whole idea of the brethren thing um yeah one you thing they, the they taught. sorry
3: i said you got rid of the cult
2: yeah that's right um yeah one thing they they taught in that day and there was you know the, the idea of the Paul of our day is that the apostle paul in the bible was currently on earth and he's he's embodied in and bruce well i just didn't like that idea i didn't think that was at Wait. all intelligent
1: <laughs> one second um, who, came, who came up with that idea
2: um, i think uh like j.t. jr you came up with the idea that he was the one that that took over in fifty nine right and he's the one that had a had a fascination on a woman half his age in nineteen seventy
3: he's the, that's where yeah. aberdeen happened james that's so right so yeah. Okay. Split.
2: yeah yeah okay. So, so, um, but, but, so he,
1: and so he's like an, uh, uh, in the same family tree as Paul. That's what that's what they're saying.
2: Well, he is the current day Paul. In fact, often they in their church meetings they'll say Paul said this and Paul said that. Uh, so, so it's not.
1: Sorry, so but just so I'm clear, it's not the lineage itself. It, no. It's just that he represents the same idea as Paul. Did. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so okay.
2: if if you say Paul said this or Paul said that, you, yeah. you actually. You I've AKA Bruce? I saw that. I'm um, so happy
1: that it's not lineage because I'd be writing about that shit for like weeks. <laughs> I would just wouldn't stop. I was like, how the fuck is this possible? Like, you know, isn't this enough to not do business with him? He says he's the offspring of Paul. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, okay, so sorry, I, I keep I keep derailing because um, we're we're gonna watch a video soon um, that I got just before uh, we went on air. And I was so happy that I, I did smoke a little joint and, and, and I just, I had to because it's that funny. So it's going to be a little bit lighthearted despite the dark story that you're about to embark on, Peter. But, um, you know, I hope you still tell it with, uh, with as much passion as you would if I wasn't giggling. Um, but I need to know, I, so so go, take us up to speed then. What were the circumstances that sort of uh, precipitated your departure?
2: Well, I was a bit of a black shape for like the last 10, 12 years or so um, yeah we had a few incidences where i asked some pretty naughty questions and just about got kicked out um and then finally my wife said to me "Look, you've got to sort of sort your shit out um and talk to the elders um which i wasn't at all keen to do because i knew where that where that would end um and i was shut up um about five or six weeks later i was um kicked out because i was questioning mr bruce uh, mr hales and also i talked to a person who was no longer in the fellowship and i wouldn't tell them who um I, you know I, I refused to tell them who it was because that particular person didn't want any more shit from the brethren um yeah so it was wow. pretty fast towards the end. and, and so, it was a one way so street. it's like insubordination I, I in there uh... sorry sorry
1: I said it was sort of like was, insubordination in their eyes, basically.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah, but you you also did it once during an actual meeting, like at an actual church meeting. You questioned something, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They were saying that that Jesus only goes to prison meetings. He he doesn't turn up at any other church at all. <laughs> and 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 I said, no, you can't tell Jesus where to go. Um. And yeah, and the, the whole media imploded and they just threw bricks at me for the rest of the church meeting. There's about 380 people there. And, and I, I just, uh, yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm.
3: Peter's I mean, my new hero. Uh,
1: yeah. Peter, I love you. You can come back anytime you want. Uh, seriously. <laughs> Cause the, I, I, if I ever imagine myself in that role, like I said, I, 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 what would I do if, if Bruce Hales or anybody said that, Oh, jesus only comes here i i would probably be like "What?" Well, uh, excuse me what <laughs> i just need, a, just need to ask you a question it is um the most narcissistic thing i can never think of uh for a religious person to do you know and uh, it's um good on you you know well, that, that,
2: that really pissed me off because i knew there's lots of good christians out there and, and they they believe that jesus goes to their church and I thought, well, yeah, what a batch of of prayer people we are, yeah, saying that Jesus only comes here. What was wrong way.
1: What was wrong with the old idea that God is everywhere? You know, isn't that like
2: yeah. the way that – I'm not a
1: religious person. I'm just saying that was more welcoming. You know, that seemed like a pretty just God. He's like, oh, he's every – little peeping Thomas, perhaps. But, you know, other than, yeah. other than that, like, you know, there was a sort of semblance of equality among people. Like, we all have okay. the same access okay. or not, right, to the – to god whoever we think is god and yeah, uh, well,
2: the, the the funny thing about that whole thing was that before i said it i knew what i was talking about because the the first three leaders of that church had said exactly what i said um and i had it in black and white and so after the after that meeting i, I had to come before the elders and um you know they they told me i said the wrong thing i had to apologize. And i said but here it is it's, it's in black and white and they said yeah but bruce isn't saying that currently that's not what bruce is saying and so i, I had to apologize directly or through the through the no, i had to i had to apologize in that you know a, a couple of nights later in that church meeting i had to apologize
1: and was bruce there
2: no 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 he wasn't there. okay no but he did come back to to one a few months later and he referred to something about dropping a bomb into a meeting or something. I wonder if he was talking about me <laughs> For, probably i'm certain he was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know um
1: so i mean you are you're, you're again you're you're freshly out i, I as i'm i'm super curious um of and i've asked this for uh from i think dennis Rag and and richard and and a few others cheryl i don't think i really asked you this because the answer was obvious but um the question is do you recall the person that you were when you were engrossed inside brethren culture and do you recognize that person now or is it the same guy who's grown i know like you know I, I, i'm trying to figure out the sort of contrast or is it just like i don't even recognize that person the way I, the, the way i was you know, like, what is your story, your backstory, and in, in, in how you've evolved in all this?
2: Sorry, are you asking Cheryl or me? No, yeah. I'm asking you, Peter. Oh, well, I had to change. I was a bit of a prep, you know, in the, the early <laughs> days. Yeah, I was um, Yeah, I was quite religious earlier on, fully in support of the Brethren movement. And, yeah, so I did need to change. Yeah. And, yeah, but I never got important. I, I never... Um, I don't think I ever hurt anyone. I wasn't that sort of person. I, I sort of like to protect the underdog. Yeah. But, um, yeah, which is why I probably got into a lot of trouble, because I stood up for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I did, did change, if um, that answers your question. Well, you spent half a century
1: inside, if you were born in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that would be the only life you know. Like, it's like... You know the adjustment must have been massive. You're probably still in a lot of ways adjusting, no? Like, do you, yeah, do you, do you yeah. reflexively get a little bit of a jolt of anxiety when you see a woman's knee? Do you know, like,
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god, I'll, I'll oh, oh, right, it's fine. <laughs>
2: no, I'll say more than the woman's knee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank
1: you. I'm sure you have. <clears throat> you look 42 after all. Um, Cheryl, yeah, wh- wh- how you know y- you got out when you were fairly young, and thank god you did, obviously. Um but um, you, you're, you told me about Peter, and, and, and you said, you know, that his, his backstory is really interesting because um, no one that you know has ever really, like, talked back to the yeah. sort of hierarchical structure inside the brethren Like, this is rare, which is hilarious because in society, it's the most common thing that we do, which is talk shit about our, you know, about our superiors, right? So it's uh It's interesting.
3: Yeah, I like to align myself with brave, courageous people that aren't afraid to call a spade a spade and bring things out like they are. And so, I mean, i had watched Peter comment on the Facebook page on Facebook, and he always had this sharp wit about him. And so it was a no-brainer. We did his podcast. It hasn't aired yet, but we did a podcast with him that was I, I really enjoyed. And so I knew, I knew he needed to come on here and share this quick-witted humor he has about yeah. <laughs> how he how he went up against them And i mean i think it's it takes incredible incredible um bravery to to do something like that
1: yeah um what were your thoughts about peter about uh um the bruce hales uh, recording that we were able to acquire and 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 play uh, the significance of that um uh, you know as cheryl and richard have communicated is is pretty Sign- is is significant uh, sorry the significance is significant like like you know it's it's just rare that, that you would hear his voice how rare is it and 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 what do you think they're saying over there at uh, the home base of the elders or whatever
2: well as far as hearing his voice goes um you know once you get out the, the longer you're out the more you think how on earth do they believe all that bullshit but then once you hear his voice you think yeah i can understand that he's got something you know something about him that people just believe it and when you're in there and like i was saying before he's a con man he just sucks people in and he's, he's sort of persuasive oh, you might not understand it but but i do
1: no well i i um, didn't at the time that i first heard it but when cheryl was talking the last uh when we played it and she was saying like you know he he knows how to butter their bread right like he he knows how to and i think uh and then i so i listened to it like i've listened to it about 20 times honestly i I, because i i'm just sort of like closing my eyes and just listening to this man talk and the one thing that that did strike me is that he has this very like casual matter of fact certainty behind his words where he's saying it like it's one plus one is two yeah. And and that is um, something I, I finally sort of clued in on 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 sort of his style of delivery. Maybe it was the accent that threw me. I don't know, but but it just it didn't feel uh, the same, you know, kind of persuasiveness that I associate with cult leaders. And now it does because um, I, I I you know I I like I said he has that uh, like the, the the assuranceness behind his tone. Like he's just so you know. Um, mathematical in the way that he talks Uh, and I I can see how that can be compelling to people especially people who are sheltered their whole lives
2: yeah and people genuinely believe that if Jesus was on earth he would look like Bruce Hales that they genuinely believe that Um, I I don't don't (laughs) believe Jesus was ugly Um, but people believe he would look like Bruce and and he would sound like him hasty and
1: bloated like I don't think so. Jesus walked around. No, and I don't either. You
2: know, like Um, oh, I remember an, an older woman saying to me once, we were talking about well, she was talking about John Hales, I wasn't ready. Um, she said, he's so handsome, isn't he? It's Bruce's father. And I said <laughs> I said, No, no, I don't think so. She was shocked, you know, because you don't you don't talk like that. Um people are just, bespo- you know, they're just absolutely despotted by these people, these men. And yeah, people really think that, that, like people say, oh, the face of Bruce Howells is the face of Jesus. That's what they literally say. And wow. Yeah. Like
1: the shroud so, of turn. <laughs> so it's his voice too. They, they,
2: they really believe it's, it's Jesus' voice.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's crazy you know the fundamentalist Christians in the United States that are all uh, like the evangelicals their version of Jesus I just learned this um, in the last couple years when I watched the documentary series called The Family I think it's called and it's it's all about the structure of uh, Christian fundamentalism and the organizations that they run and how they they use that to push issues and everything and their version of Jesus is like a navy seal (laughs) like a tough chiseled chin Heroic military guy, like that's that's what the yeah. Jesus that they pedal. So it's really funny how Jesus is all these incarnations, is depending on like who you're representing. Um, yeah. So, what kind of tactics, if any, and or or um, shenanigans did they try to pull on you after you you left? Like, what kind of?
2: Well, how was uh, their behavior towards you? I, I think I was followed because I I had. Like I was told that we saw you having coffee, you know, here and there. Well, I actually had coffee with very few people because I knew very few people, and they were in very random places. Um, so I'm pretty sure I was followed. Um, yeah, and there was a weird guy turned up. So, so I, I went to church pretty soon because I, I I knew Lindy. Um, I contacted her pretty quick, and I went to a church pretty quick. And this chap, random chap just turned up because the church he goes to has open doors and this random guy turned up and um, people questioned him afterwards and he sort of took off pretty fast. I we, And we thought he was probably there to sort of identify me as going to a church because going to another church is a really bad sin. Um, hmm. And one of the reasons they, so I got shut up first and then I got withdrawn from and I found out later on that one of the reasons, one of the reasons they withdrew from me is because I had gone to another church. That's a really bad thing to do. Yeah. Because Jesus wouldn't be there, of course.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, the bloated pasty white guy is you, not here right now. Um, you
3: called but... them out on some stuff though. Like I know you had sent a screenshot. You called them out on a blatant lie that they had had put together. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, well that's, a, that's about the court cases yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and you left you left a lot of family behind though too didn't you
2: yeah yeah my wife and five children and since i left i had another two grandchildren which like, they didn't they did tell me about one of them but the, la- the latest grandchildren was the latest grandchild i wasn't <laughs> told about that and i don't know her name um did they so they broke
1: the rules and and spoke to you uh a couple times
2: no, it's only, um, well, yeah, I've possibly, well, because when I was shut up, they are allowed to communicate a bit, um, yeah, once you withdraw from the not allowed to, and of course, if you're an opposer, there's absolutely no communication at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um i'm really sorry man like that 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 is the thing that has struck me the most often uh when speaking with ex-members uh people like dennis you know um and people like richard and yourself mm-hmm. now like the the just the amount of blood left behind and um there's no really good reason for it and that that to me is uh, is one of those um it's one of those aspects that I, I'm wondering if we could ever find a way in the legal system to create yeah. a criminal charge for,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, I don't know how to do it. I know that we Western nations like ours, Peter and yours, and you know, the UK um, they find a way to fin, not just finagle, but to basically weaponize the freedom of religion and freedom of expression mm-hmm. to protect them from how they, you know, raise children and treat women and things like that. And I, I, you know, I'm really sorry that you had to uh, bear the brunt of it. I, I, have you ever, have either of you ever heard of, uh, I, th- I think someone was telling me, uh, it might've been, um, it might've been, uh, Cheryl, who's that uh, cult expert that I had on that was the ex cult member of the woman. Dr. Lalit.
3: Yes. Dr. Lalit. Yes,
1: and she was talking about how they, um, there, there is some sort of, uh, uh, law regarding coercion.
3: Yeah. It's the coercion control law that is trying to be brought in. It was brought in, in, um, Peter, uh, do you know about this? Is it new South oh, man? It was brought in somewhere, but it didn't cover groups. It just covered, oh, um,
1: individual. families,
3: yeah. individual. Yeah. It didn't cover groups. And so I don't know if a coercion law that covers groups. I've researched even with my therapist to try and find a way because um, I asked my therapist like how do we do this like put me in touch with people on how I can start the process of yeah bringing in a coercion control that covers groups and she said my suggestion is to find somebody who's got it done already in another country and copy it but there's nobody that's got it
2: <clears throat> yeah yeah I have looked into it it has yeah, different religions have tried it like people who have been kicked out they have tried yeah. it and that, yeah, well, one thing the brethren do, of course, very early on, that they made it clear, and they, they made it clear in emails back and forth. You know, we had very few emails. because so they, they hate emails because it's in writing. But they made it clear to me that it's my family's decision not to talk to me. It's got nothing to do with the brethren. That they, they tried to make that legally clear. Um, and, of course, my poor family has got no choice because if they talk to me, they'll get kicked out. Yeah, and, and then the of course
1: they'll lose contact.
2: Yeah, then of course they contact with with their extended family. Like my wife won't see her grandchildren and so, so on and so forth. Um, they've gotten by the balls, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: The thing is is Bruce, he has his doctrine set out in them very, very well. So he can go ahead and say that and they know not to 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 even challenge it, right? Or you end up in Peter Hart's yeah. position. And I mean, it's just like the article that came out today. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but this is article that came out today and um, really had just it was just a bunch of BS of how this whole locality was shut down and spread out. And oh, well, it was all for it was to do with the flood and it was to do with I mean, it, it, the whole article was a bunch of bullshit. You know that yeah. there was a, a political disagreement there that and Bruce would have guided that. I mean, I really wanted to get a hold of one of the the lads that were quoted quoted in there and have him come on and talk because he actually had gotten word from his mum that his mum was crying. She didn't want to go. So,
2: Was
1: this all all the real estate that was recently sold in in, uh, Sydney? Is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, yeah. Windsor, it's just outside of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, big deal about the floods. That's what what insurance is for. um yeah it's it's yeah it's a political thing and the, and the the president spokesman said said that the members can can go to whichever location they choose to go to which is just hilarious because because bruce will be saying where most of them can go and you have to do what you're told of course yeah and,
3: and yeah I, I mean it's just the same thing that happened with the whole museum of human rights right so they they go ahead and they say all these things until they're caught right yeah. like that's the, the just bruce is the biggest con man teaching everybody else how to be a con man and nobody realizes that this is a whole complete con men of gr- group of all these con people and con artists of h- how to speak to the public and how to get away with what they're getting away with that's yeah. why the last article that came out today about the human rights museum was written way more well, it was an editorial.
1: It was it. it was oh. not a news article. It was an editorial. Okay. Like, you know, they were but like, I mean, he, these he fucking was, guys are, hate- are haters. Yeah, <laughs> it was, basically was that. way
3: yeah. more blunt. Way more blunt. And that's how, it's exactly why I got so fired up last night. is because we've got to quit pussyfooting around all this. We've got to quit sitting in our seats and figuring out, oh, what's going to go happen next? Oh, has Cheryl been served yet? Or has, no, nobody's going to come and sue me. Nobody's going to come and sue Peter. Well, we- they got to
1: sue me first, Cheryl, because I, I want <laughs> because on that we can still be funny, though. Right. And so, um, so someone sent me this today. I, I'm going to it's a possibility I might stop in the middle, talk some shit and then come back to it. But like it is funny if you guys remember uh, and most of the audience that wasn't in a cult until two years ago, we know about the Hitler meme, you know, the uh, the from that movie where it's like a five minute clip. And it's been memed to death And people just put their political issue on it um, And and it's hilarious If you write it well Well, um, I would like you to feast your eyes On the following uh, and, and yeah, we'll be back in a second But uh, I'm sorry for the people that are only listening But you can imagine the Hitler meme Because you've seen it a million times As we all have Hi, I'm Steve Yerko,
2: And I'm Tara Sands
0: Steiner konnte nicht genügend Kräfte für einen Angriff massieren. Der Angriff Steiner ist nicht erfolgt.
1: <laughs> David Wallace makes an appearance to some out of nowhere. <laughs> so
3: funny.
0: Es <laughs> 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 bleiben im Raum. Keiter, Jodel, Krebs, Das war ein Befehl! Der Angriff Steigers war ein Befehl! Wer schickt sie? Das hier ist war, die mein Befehl zu widersetzen! Ich weiß nicht, dass das einfach getroffen habe. Das Militär hat es Belogen. Jeder hat mit Verlogen, sogar die SS. Die gesamte Generalität ist nicht zweit Haufen niederzurechtiger, treuloser Feiglinge. Mein Führer, ich kann nicht zulassen, dass die Soldaten, die für Sie verblieben. Gestalt Feiglinge, verreichernd Versager. Mein Führer, was Sie da sagen, ist ungeheuerlich. Die Generalität ist das Geschmeiß des deutschen Volkes. Sie ist ohne Ehre. Sie sind sich genervt, weil sie Jahre auf die Militärakademie zugebracht haben, nur um zu lernen, wie man Messer und Gabel hält. Oh Jahre lang hat das Militär mal eine Aktion in der Lupe oh Es hat mich jeden nur als bestimmten Widerstand in den Weg gelegt. Ich hätte Gut daran getan. Um darin alle Hörer offiziere, die diktieren zu lassen, bin Stalin. <lacht> by
1: myself, not daddy, man
0: of a man of ich man of a man of a man of a of a man of a man of a man Mit ihrem eigenen Blut wird sie bezahlen. Sie wird das in ihrem eigenen Blut. Bitte, gerne. Jetzt beruhig dich. (lacht) Meine Befehle sind in den Wind gesprochen. Es ist unmöglich, unter diesen Umständen zu führen. Es ist aus. A creek is a But
2: We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. But it's, it's more than just illegal. They're talking about, I mean, they're talking about kidnapping. Mm-hmm.
0: Said I got a blank checkbook to find this guy, and they told me if I could find him within a the month, they'll give me a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's insane for a guy who's a nuisance. That that, that don't have to officially.
1: Okay, okay, we're just gonna that's enough of that. Um. I didn't know that David Wallace little clip. Of it. David Wallace is everywhere, right? Like, you, yeah. you can't escape him. He's just, like, always looking around. That was hilarious. I'm really sorry for people that are listening. Just go to YouTube, uh, Blackball with James DeFiori, and find it. Um, because it's worth watching.
3: It's very it, worth watching.
1: Oh, my God. And, and you know what's funny is that, like, six months ago, Cheryl, and, and you and Richard taught me this, that... Because I would, like, read emails between brethren when I was first getting stuff. And I was like, guys what the fuck is with the way they talk? I, I don't understand what the fuck they're saying. Like, like there's certain, like, nouns that I was like, what is it, like, a loca- a locality was something I had to look up. Like, I felt stupid. I was like, what the fuck is a locality? Like, I don't know what that is. So I had to look that up. And the way, Peter, even tonight, the way that you used the term, and so I was, uh, what did you say? I got shut up, and I was like, that is like shut yeah, shut okay. up was like a phrase that kids weren't allowed to say it was like the junior of all the swear words and it wasn't even a swear word but your mom was like don't tell anyone shut up it was like you oh, know that's rude and it it, it was a policy it's like an actual like doctrine of shutting up isn't there isn't it an actual doctrine
2: the, yeah there's another term typical term is confined oh so you're confined yeah so, so. It was just
1: like the slang the brethren slang was the shutting up
2: yeah like handcuffs
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. well um did, I, let's go back to the legal stuff for a second the 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 whole force coercion thing because um I don't know if you got this email Cheryl that uh, I uh, that we got from a mutual friend um but it was the the court document for a case in I think it was Vancouver where a brethren member um didn't want to have to pay union fees wherever they and wherever they were working because it conflicted with his religious beliefs as a plymouth brethren person and the court ruled that it wasn't a religious belief it was a political belief mm-hmm. and they denied that person the ability to um get out of whatever they were trying to get out of i think it was the paying union dues or something like that so you know, I know it's like, uh, incrementalism is probably the most frustrating ism because you know, you don't want to spend forever clawing up a hill, but sometimes that's what you have to do. Are those the kind of little cases that maybe are nibbling on the edges of what we really are trying to get to the heart at? Sure, Peter.
3: Oh, Peter, oh you mean,
1: Okay. Either one of you, go ahead.
3: Yeah. Like, Absolutely but i mean i think these are just the little nuggets that um really speak volumes as to what's really going on in there right um yeah i i didn't read the email i remember i did it did came it came up is that the school guard one the the or the crossing guard one or
1: i don't remember the occupation i just remember the, yeah. the i was just, just scroll down it just to the decision. Yeah, the, the decision yeah and the decision was just interesting. Like they, they rejected a Plymouth Brethren Christian Church's yeah. members uh, claim that they were trying to not do something because of religious beliefs. And they're like, no, that was like, you haven't established that, that that's a religious belief. So we
3: believe it's, a political it's, it's good because I think, so. I think these, these judges are starting to kind of get a little look into what this group really is and maybe not be so lenient. Like the one with that human rights, man, I would love to have her in front of me when I'm, standing in that courtroom and be like, yeah. Like, she obviously hears really what this group is all about and was didn't have the wool pulled over her eyes.
2: Well, she did for two years, though. Yeah. Speaking of union membership, um, here's my certificate of exemption from union membership.
3: No way.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. do, do you remember those, Cheryl?
3: I No, I never. I was 17 when I left. I never had those.
1: Oh, That's yeah. what I'm talking well, about, though. Mm-hmm. is it that that's like that's what I'm talking about? But the Canadian case version of that—they're trying to be yeah. exempt from paying union fees because yeah. they say that being in the union is against a religious beliefs. Were you able to claim it on religious beliefs though?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go before a trial. So in New Zealand, when I was the youngster, um, yeah, you had to write an letter and say you couldn't join the union because because you're a lover of the Lord Jesus and you quote some scriptures. And then some of us had to go before a tribunal and. Sitting in front of all these men, and actually, you know, they would fire questions at us, and we would, yeah. And then they give us this little card.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Like, and and so, isn't that hilarious? Though, like, that's the kind of like undue power that I think religion wields in the secular world of of like society, which is not supposed to be run with any like real underpinnings of religiosity of any kind and so to to be able to like thwart something that everyone's got to do in that sense in the it's it's eco, it's economical it, it's certainly not religious i I can't, I can't think of anything that is least um relevant to a union membership than religion I, I i just you know it it seemed like god was more of a socialist than a capitalist you know <laughs> he just He hung around with 12 dudes and washed feet and fed people. Didn't matter. You know, like it it doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that'd be like, you know, blessed are the union evaders for they shall inherit the earth. Like it doesn't (laughs) feel right. Um, and well, well, you're still a Christian, Peter. How do you feel about the, um, the relationship between, uh, religion and
2: politics? Oh,
1: that's is a hard one. Um, well, here, let me make it less
2: comfortable for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, ask me an easier question, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, because the listen, uh, we're I I when I come at this group in my mind, I come at it from a few different places. um The things that really piss me off are obviously things like the abuse and the cover up of that abuse. Um. And then the more technical thing, and the thing that I feel like we can grasp at to try to expose what this group is is kind of all about, and why I believe they're so dangerous, is the relationships that they have with politics. Is 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 the idea that you know this group has, um, completely you know, it, it's it's statistically impossible for one group to um just randomly and coincidentally uh, receive so many fat. Government contracts simultaneously all over the Commonwealth.
2: Yeah, you I know, think they should. should yeah. 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 I think <laughs> they should keep their noses out of it. And they're only doing it for, for monetary gain. I mean, well, earlier on, they were trying to influence the government against, um, you know, but, um, gays and things like that. Um, now it's a lot of it's money stuff because they, they want right wing governments in for, because they can handle money better I think um, <clears throat> but yeah, yes yeah, come back to that uh, that was one of the questions I asked them and right, right going back earlier on I covered this in Cheryl's podcast too actually but I asked them some difficult questions going back like 15 years um, they were telling the media that that the uh, all the politics stuff in New Zealand had nothing to do with the brethren it was just individual people in the church um, campaigning government and yet bruce howells came to Wellington and had a meeting in a a person's house with these seven campaigners they were called the secret seven by the media i don't know if you've seen the newspaper articles yeah no please explain it it like uh, like
1: i've never heard it before because this sounds pretty intense
2: yeah so in uh 2005 i think it was um these seven brothers did a secret campaign, because that's what the brethren were doing back then under Bruce's guidance. And Bruce came to Wellington. These seven brothers met in a person's house in Wellington. And then they they did all this stuff in secret, and they rented houses, because you've got to authorise it under an address. So they rented houses for an address to use so that nobody would be able to trace it back to them. But investigators in the media, investigative journalists got onto it and found out who it was, and found out it was Brethren members, and the whole thing hit in the media. And um, and anyway, these these brothers agreed to have a have a meeting with the media, and they told the media that it had nothing to do with Australia, in other words, Bruce Hales, and it had nothing to do with the Brethren, and they were funding it themselves. And so, um, at the time, I was a printer and I was printing the New Zealand directory of Brethren names and um a couple of weeks later um no if yeah a few weeks after this newspaper article all the Brethren businesses were asked to subscribe to a newsletter called the SIS which is uh, strategic information services and it was a there was a bunch of Useless information, which is in the media anyway, which we didn't need at all. Um, it cost several hundred dollars a month to subscribe to. And it smelled suspiciously like it was funding for this uh, media, for this campaigning, which I think was wow. the tune of $1.2 or $1.6 million. So I replied to the email and said, oh, is this funding for the campaigning? <laughs> um and I got an email back. I got an email a couple of weeks later saying, "Could you please give us all the files for the breeding directory?" Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow! But, but they didn't tell me if it was funny for the campaign, but it obviously it was. Wait, was, this same, media, was this the same? Was this the same operation? themselves.
1: Was this the same op- operation, Peter? Where they were um, basically caught uh, investigating like the prime minister's spouse? Is that the That's same time? Right. It was the same wow. time. Yeah. yeah Yeah, Yeah, that is crazy yeah see that's what i'm talking about you know that kind of the the incestuous relationship that the brethren have with politicians and how it enriches them like all these companies like i don't know what it was like in new zealand australia but in the uk and canada certainly a lot of these companies that secured these ppe contracts had nothing to do with that industry before the pandemic they were like in canada they were selling lubricants you know which is yeah. like which is metaphorical at least but like you know uh, the uh and there, there are all these front companies is, was it the same in australia and new zealand
2: um yeah but the funny thing about that is we we were told in australia that we were told in new zealand mr bruce said don't rush into selling ppe products sort of we'll stay out of that." and looking back on it um it was like he was saying keep the fuck out of it because my family's doing that that's
1: exactly what you're saying
3: <laughs> yeah. you have to understand like Peter was still in when this was all at the beginning of COVID oh, yeah right yeah
2: um yeah and, and then when I was on my way out I one of those secret seven people was one of the people that was kicking me out and I challenged him I said when Bruce Hales came to Wellington and you seven people met him in that house in Wellington did you talk about politics at all did you talk about campaigning? Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, we take full responsibility for what we did. And I said, yeah, but did you talk about politics? And he said, we take full responsibility for what we did. Yeah, see. Yeah. And I said, so you lied to the media, did you? <laughs> did you lie to the media then? And he said, I'm not going to tell you what we talked about. Wow.
3: That's the biggest <laughs> thing. They get caught in lies all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm talking with um, somebody very interesting right now, who I'm trying to unpack all the information he's given me. But I'll give you some names after James to go and investigate. But this particular situation, same thing, infiltrated the poli- the politics so dr- drastically inside a inside a actual country that they got things taken off an essential. Um, necessity list of what would be essential and you have to have fixed prices on Yeah, because it was part of their yeah you probably know who i'm talking about um yeah so it's the along with coercion control right we we know we need that in, in installed somehow somewhere some way but the other thing is is how do you get a, how do you get a church out of bed with the government right like how do you do that that's a uh, very I, huge task
1: i think i have um what I would consider, uh, uh, you know, at least a, a, a step in the right direction. I talked about this with Damien Hasty because the stuff that that man has uncovered is is, is insane. Like like the, the the webs of of like companies that own these shell companies that do business like with uh, their sister organizations in Canada under the radar, no taxes, this and that, government contracts, all this stuff. And what do we see? Um, other companies um, getting raked over the coals for um, sometimes rightfully and frankly, sometimes not so rightfully when they uh, the media attaches social issues to corporations. It can sometimes be the death knell of that corporation. Like that's when they put out those slobbering apologies and they donate 20 million dollars to an organization or whatever. Um, so it, attaching it to social issues like um, for in the brethren's case, anti-gay. You know why would a government want to do business with a company with a string of companies that is run by people who are vehemently anti-gay, mm-hmm. anti-women? Of they keep their
2: shut about that now. The Brisbane don't. Doesn't matter. Don't. We, we all know yeah. what they
1: are. The story that just came yeah. out in Canada. Um, th- what about the anti-women angle? Why would any government want to do business with a corporation that is so demonstrably anti-women and literally oppresses them in our society by uh, from the from birth? teaching them that they're second-class citizens and all of those stupid rules that are attached to being a woman where you can't speak without permission
3: but i and think they, if bruce you hales can tell that they a- have
1: no puerto rican chicks there because there's no way they would stand <laughs> for, for not being able yeah. to speak without permission and thank god for that anyway sorry the, go ahead Cheryl. the
3: thing is is though is if bruce hales is paying enough money right like if there's enough money being handed to somebody like, people don't care. They let their morals go out the window. I don't.
1: I. I, I, I don't think the media has tried it though. That's the thing. Like, like even the CBC. Not even the CBC report fell flat for me on on a few in a few oh, ways. Oh,
3: one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And, and one of those things is that anytime the brethren is in the news like that, the media has an opportunity to do what they would do to a corporation that, like, like I, I can't think of. Um, one off the top of my head right now, to be honest with you, but I am certain if, as soon as I'm done this podcast, I'll think of a half dozen examples of corporations who either went under because of a social thing or took such a massive hit that their apology tour was nauseating and uh, like a year long. You know what I mean? But but the point is, is that sponsors don't sponsor certain shows like, um, you know, like for example, the Joe Rogan show. I'm just using that as an example. It doesn't matter if you watch them or not. But, but sponsors did leave. Sponsors leave Tucker Carlson. Sponsors leave these these shows that are like vitriolic or whatever. This organization, if, if branded correctly and accurately, um, I don't know how a government minister would be like, um, you know, Minister Robinson, uh, you just gave a $228 million contract to a company that's never dealt with PPE ever and is run by people who systematically oppressed women documented um that uh use coercion control to keep families apart <laughs> are anti-gay demonstrably why would you do better? the PR would they and the optics behind it I think if done right wouldn't they wouldn't be able to survive it in a lot of ways so they would at least be able to like say okay they've lost their government contracts because no government wants to stand in front of a microphone if any reporter actually showed any Ingenuity and bravery, bravery, and and answer a question like that. How did he answer yeah. that question? What do you yeah. do? Defend it, and then all of a sudden people are digging, and and then it permeates, Or sorry, then it snowballs, and then hopefully you have something. The problem is we can't get legacy media to report like that.
3: No, you know, like
1: I, I was surprised to even see the 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 story about the human rights museum. Uh, you know, it, it just surprised me. But why wasn't there a paragraph somewhere in the middle that was like the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church are, uh, you know known for being oppressive towards women and vehemently anti-gay why was not hence that why
3: they didn't want them to see the women's rights correct inside, right that, like, that's why they wanted them covered
1: up if this yeah. was a christian organization that was like
3: yeah.
1: you know called the you know the, the the proud brother christian group they'd be all over it
3: well you remember you remember what David Wallace always said? If we were to hire him as a fixer, where would he go? And he said he would have went down the LGBTQ community. He said I, that's where I would have gone. That's where I would go. And so I do hope that this opens up as a, a door of communication. I contacted um, them at a gal in Canada. Here, I want to sit down and talk with them. I want to I want to join teams with uh, join with them in in their fight still in this. And I want to add, I want to bring in what I'm trying to do, right? And what we're all trying to do, um, because I do. I think that the more bodies and the more people that come together, this is what I was trying to say yet last night, is that the more of us that come together and stand up and start speaking, the more that that the media might get a hold of this. But right now, it's just there's just a few of us kind of mes- pesky mosquitoes flying around here. I mean, hey, I should hey, hey, be hey. loud.
0: Hey,
3: well, I mean, compared to... If we had, if we had a really core group of people, you know, 500 people sitting outside protesting outside Mr. Hale or Bruce Hales's house. That's what I would do. If I was rich, I'd be in Sydney right now. I would be in Sydney and I'd be protesting out his fucking house.
1: I'll go like to I Sydney just, with you. Let's do that. I,
3: yeah. Like I, don't, I just, that's where I would be. I would be outside there.
1: Someone and, finance our trip to Sydney.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's super important The more and more people that get together, we need more Peter Hart's people who are not afraid. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what badge you wear, what crown you wear, whatever you wear. I will say whatever I need to say to you, to your face. If you're not doing what you said you're going to do.
1: We also need, and I believe uh, this is true in, in modern society, anywhere corruption exists. Mm
3: -hmm. We
1: need whistleblowers. Yeah. We need moles and whistleblowers. It's the only way these days to unearth anything because everything has NDAs attached to it. Everything has, like, um, you know, fear attached to it. You know, and there's, we need more people to be, be able to, like, you know, actually do damage, like, when they leave. Like, like, like the drunk uncle at a wedding that knocks over the cake before he walks out. We need those guys. <laughs> <you know> <laughs> I mean? Like, we need someone to knock over the cake,
2: right? Like, did
3: you ever, did you ever have to sign an NDA, Peter?
2: Uh no. No, you not
1: never... No, no. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to say because of the lack of the end? What's the most egregious? an accurate thing that you can tell me, tell me about the Plymouth Brethren, something that I might not know. I'm sorry to put you on the spot so much, but you know. Oh,
2: I I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I'll just think about it.
3: Peter's like, how much time do you have?
2: (laughs) I I, I just, I'm just so curious
1: because he's just so, you you know, you were in it for so long. Like, uh, you know, I, I talked to Richard about this a few times about just the psychology of the Richard then versus the Richard now. You know, and and that um, because essentially, um, for a lot of people, the brainwash as- the brainwashed as- aspect of a person that's been in before. Do you feel like you were brainwashed, or or is that not the word that you would use?
2: Well, the thing for me is, I I had about seventeen years before I came out. I, I knew it was all bullshit, and so I had that time to get used to it. And a, okay. a lot of people that come out. Like, for the first two or three years they come out, they won't talk to any, to any other leavers because they, they still believe they're evil people. Whereas as soon as I was out, I was, I was ringing out people. I was, you know, right into it. Um, sure, I didn't have any friends because I, I hadn't sort of um, had other people around me. I, I lost everything except for my business, which was great. And I, I made sure I I got an apartment in the on the Wellington waterfront in the city. So there's lots of people around me because I couldn't cope with being in some flat with bush outside the window. You know, I had to have people around me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I just quickly built up a relationship of friends around me, which was easy when you go to the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but a lot of people that leave, they're in a real mess because um, they they won't reach out. They're just scared of everyone because they've been brainwashed. Where well, I, I had quite a while to get used to it. Um,
1: so you say that so it was like seventeen years before you left. You were it, what happened there? You know, what, what was there? A, was there? A situation that took place? And you're like, oh my gosh!
2: Like, how did that? Work? Well, well, Bruce House came to pair about that time, and, and I thought. Yeah, he's not a man of God. Um, he's a selfish sort of person. And I, I just yeah. Um thought I, I don't have to believe he's a man of God. Everyone's saying you have to. And and I, I yeah, you know, in, in the other podcast I went over a, an incident where I asked him if I could build a house. because, um, <laughs> you had to you know, you weren't allowed to do anything without um well you didn't have to ask Bruce, I was but Bit wild and i you, you weren't allowed to build houses basically but i asked bruce if i could build a house um which was a bit of a um wild thing to do and he said i could uh, it was a phone conversation and then a few months later um when my house was almost finished he was driving past my house because he was people were showing some land that they were going to build a big church on and someone said oh that's peter hart's house and he said oh i didn't say he could build a house and um that got me into a lot of shit, and i was real pissed off with him of course over that um so yeah that was did he take it did he take your house sorry did he end up taking your house no no we we stayed in it we we kept we, we lived in it for for 12 years yeah um so yeah right early on um that sort of got me a bit offside um, yeah so so i had a long time to sort of get used to the idea that that there was holes in the breath the whole breathing thing whereas a lot of people get kicked out unexpectedly i yeah. suppose you might say and then of course they have got to cope with the whole psychological brainwashing thing and they're in a bit of a mess
1: did you ever sort of try to figure out how much <clears throat> excuse me how much money you gave to the hierarchy
2: you mean personally?
1: Yeah, personally, your family, whatever.
2: Um Yeah, we. Well, I, I never agreed with the whole. So, so the care meeting thing is a once a month giving. Yeah, which is quite heavy giving on a Sunday morning at the at the Lord's supper. You put money into a basket, and that's like. Well, as a family, you know, the New Zealand dollars. We're our dollars worth a bit less than yours, but as a family, we've probably put. Or maybe expect to put like 200 dollars in, I think. Wow. Um, but we didn't do that much because I disagreed with what they were spending it on. Um and I said I told my wife, I said that uh, giving it to all these dudes that don't need money and uh, they're also using it for um for fighting legal stuff too, which I disagreed with. Yeah. Um yeah, so we didn't give that much. We we tended to give money away otherwise. Mm-hmm um but yeah i didn't give away a lot of money like to the church as such because i thought it was you know it was a waste of money you're such
1: a you were such a maverick it seems like in the last 10-15 years weren't you because you know you're insubordination and and not giving money like i love it i think that you're you said i think you set a good example i wonder if anybody took your lead after you left you well, know? and not
2: well it's actually it's actually pretty stressful i mean i i was actually really stressed in those years because i was okay. living a lie i was living two like two lives i was living a lie and i um I, I ran a lot um and swam just i had to get it out of my system yeah i was pretty stressed um but I also laughed through a lot of it too, a sense of humour helped a lot. And I think um, that's
3: what you still carry today, is it's just yeah. that underly lying humour you have that is so admirable. Yeah, I love it.
2: Well, it, it's, it was really hard living in there, you know, knowing it's a false system, and the, you, know, you can't just walk out because you leave everything behind. And that's what is so hard, you know, you, do you cut your losses and walk out and leave everything behind, or do you struggle on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 don't know, I think it's admirable.
1: I think I, I I'm uh, and I know that it was stressful and I, I'm not trying to be, uh, downplay that part of it all, but, um, I think the exercise, the running and swimming, I think you were smart. You didn't, in, it doesn't sound like you internalized you, you recognized in yourself that you needed to, you know, decompress and get something out of your system, but also the decision that you made after you left to live amongst people. I think you just you handled it in probably the exact way that you should
2: yeah yeah
1: so well oh, i was
3: shocked when i found out you'd only been out for two years because you don't act like somebody who's just been out for two years
1: <gasps> imagine peter was <gasps> a mole for the brethren and he successfully <laughs> infiltrated black Paul. i'm just kidding,
3: <laughs> just kidding.
2: But the, well the, the president said to me you know when i was you know right in the end they said they sort of thought I'd been a traitor and been talking to outs for, for a long time and you know, been reading material. And I said, well, I've had nothing to do with people outside and I've been reading nothing. You know, uh, i only just contacted the person outside. Um well, I just knew they were wrong because I'd read the Bible and it was it was contradictory what the Bible said. Um and I could just see through them um just using common sense as well. Um yeah,
1: yeah, um, but listen, I think your story is amazing. um, I agree with Cheryl, and I agree with uh with Jen Waddell in our comments, who said yeah. Peter is a badass, one hundred <laughs> um, I would agree with that assessment um you, you seem unassuming, but the things that you do were uh you know i brave, even if it came out of a place of like honest frustration and anger and, and a sense of a, a lack of justice. Still brave because you must have known deep down like you were living two lives like you said but you must have known deep down that the ending was probably going to be difficult right and, and
2: yeah, I think yeah. he did yeah, the it right. Was, it was sad but it sort of prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was sad. Um, you should be like a
1: recruiter of uh, what do they call people that leave? Deserters? What do they call them? Like people that don't get forced out, but just leave. What are those people called? Do they have a name, Cheryl?
3: No, uh, leavers. I don't know.
1: Leavers. Is that what they're called? Like they, they call them something. I can't remember. Listen, I rely on you guys for the lingo, but the, the, <laughs> there, there's a, there's a word for it. I think it's leavers. I think it actually is leavers, but you know, well, um, to, to, to like recruit, like the same way that the CIA will recruit good agents. You got to like recruit people that are still in, you got to find the right ones. The ones with not too much family. <laughs> You know what I mean? In a, in a, it's, the grass is green over here, mate. You know, like something because I don't know. We're trying to be into that disruptive force, um, and these are the best
2: ideas I have. I'll just shut up. <laughs> you know, the best time to come out is well, like a couple with with children that are you know in their teens or no older than fourteen or fifteen, and they can just come out. The kids aren't too rattled by it. Right? They lose a few friends, but they quickly make new friends yeah that's the best time to come out like when i came out i had married children who had spouses who wouldn't want to leave and there was no way i could leave my family but my wife was a very strong supporter of the church and yeah yeah i would be
1: thinking young couples with baby daughters that's what i would be thinking like 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 a six-month-old daughter and you walk up to your friend you're like wow she's beautiful too bad she's never going to amount to nothing eh? oh fuck (laughs) Uh, anyways i'll see you at church you know like maybe put plant the seed i don't know i just i feel so bad for those people i really do i feel bad for richard who hasn't seen his children you know um i'm glad he's uh he's got a new bundle of joy she's so cute oh my gosh
3: the people are really talking in there though right there there's the it's being really stirred up in there and people are talking i think it's just a matter of time before people start finding each other in there and creating their own little teams on leaving. I mean, a lot of people want to leave with their businesses intact, right? Especially right. if you yeah. have a business. And that's very hard to do in there. Like in Peter's case, like that's, that's huge to be able to leave and keep your business with you. Hmm. But not everybody is, is that um, it has the ability to do that. So I do think they really rely, the emails that I get, people really rely on what we're doing out here to create this runway for them to be able to get out. And so I always am sitting there with this intention of like, how, how do we do that, right? That's where the coercion control law comes in. Um, we have to we have to find a way to have these different runways out so that people can leave with their families intact, their businesses intact.
2: Yeah, well, okay. the businesses are so intertwined. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that Bruce Hales has done is he's, he's bought in multiple ownership of businesses and he said businesses combine. He said, you know, like three separate businesses, he said directors from all the businesses have part ownership and all the other businesses. It's like the So the businesses are all tangled up in multiple ownership. I mean, that's just made it so hard. And of course, all the families are intermarried and... It's just a, it's such a mess, and I, I know there's, I'm sure there's people that would love to leave, but they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's, there's it's a bit bag. There's people that don't have a clue what's going on. They're just happy in there, and there's other people that, that would love to leave. I'm sure it's a bit bag. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: Bruce has very strong supporters, and he's also got those that see right through him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's scary. It's like, um. And i swear i'm not i'm not trying to use this analogy but you know like in in germany in like the 30s um people would pretend that they were supporters of of the nazis because they were afraid of what might happen to them if they said out loud no i think hitler's a crazy person or whatever you know like well that's just suicidal
2: you can't even tell your wife you think he's a crazy person yeah she would she would report you well i I, don't i wouldn't
1: tell my wife anything anyways she's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um I haven't done a wake choke in a while. Um we we have to split, but um listen, Peter, you can come back anytime. Uh, honestly. Um Yeah. Well uh, did
2: you get that uh, straight I'll, shot I'll, I sent you? you oh that's exactly right, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, please yeah, explain what up. this is. I'll...
1: This is how we'll wrap here because uh, you did send me this. It's pretty compelling, but I want you to explain it because I'll butcher it if you could.
2: Yeah, so so one of the things I said to them at the end um as I challenged them about um the court cases I found out. That they were taking two prisoners to court. One of them was Braden Simmons. The other was um, Peter Harrison, who was an old man. He was 83, and I found out they were taken to court, and I was really annoyed about this. Um, I thought it was so cruel. So I sent a, an email to um, Dean Howells, he's Bruce's son, because I thought, well, he's going to shut up to his dad, and um, also Cater Paul, who's the like the two I see to Bruce Hales in New Zealand for UBT, and also a couple of um, men in Wellington, brothers we call them. I sent it straight after the Lord's Supper on Sunday morning, sort of for added effect. Um, and I got a, this reply from Caleb Paul who says, hello Peter, sorry for the I in replying. You made a comment in your email about the PBCC suing next members. I am personally not aware of this happening. Can you please elaborate a bit more? Um, so I knew he was just lying through his teeth. Yeah. Um, and there's another email there f- um, from the brethren, from PVCC lawyers, um, which I wasn't aware of just a few months earlier, um, to Peter Harrison um, telling him he had to, to give up some stuff, or they would, um, the PBCC reserves the right, all of its rights against you. So, theory was lying through his teeth. But the, the other interesting thing was, um, you yeah, know, we had a few exchanges between Kate Hall and myself, and there was a bit of a gap between the exchanges. Um, I thought at the time he's probably getting instructions from Sydney um, as to what to say to me. So, they were obviously telling what to say. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they So there you go. Just they just they lie. speak in lie in very P-
1: they speak in very PR type lingo, you know? Like they and they have a... like it's like lawyers in public relation firm had a baby who really liked Jesus, it would be those guys, right? Like because they, they nothing that they said first nothing that they say first of all is true. And everything is about uh confidentiality to protect themselves and the crimes that they commit.
2: Yeah, so okay. so they were taking these these ex-brethren to to court, and it was totally hidden from the brethren. That the only way I found out about it is because I had contacted the person who no longer was in fellowship, and they told me about it. And and so I just hit the brethren with this and said, I totally disagree with it. Why are you doing it, especially an eighty-three year old man? Right. Um, yeah. And they were they were really cross with me and they tried to lie about it and say it wasn't even happening. Um,
3: you know, my, my oldest sister told me back in the spring when I contacted her um, about this, she, about stuff. She told me, she said, I have to tell you, Cheryl, that um, there's a lot of lies that are out there. 99, or a lot of things that are said out there and 99.9% of them are the lies. And so we'll end this show today and I'm going to tell the PBCC that, you know what? We are the truth. You are the 99.9% lies.
2: Well, that's what I was told in there. I was told all the time, yeah. oh, it's all lies. I, I don't all know how many times i was down. told that. It's all lies. Yeah. yeah. And yet, yeah, yeah, I don't find lies out here. Lies out here.
3: No, there, there's just one lie after another, after another, after another.
2: Yeah.
1: They, yeah. That's what I mean. They confess all the time in, in how they speak, it, whether it's Bruce Hales or just the way that the elders speak it's all lies they might as well like everything they say can be applied to them and that's really truly what narcissism is yeah they often narcissists always do that they they accuse others of doing the things that they embody not just the things that they do but the things that really help define them is often what they get that's bruce hales warning people about con men that's bruce hales using a metaphor about like what, do you think that there's anybody in the world where boatfuls of money just comes and lands on their lap? Well, yeah, fuck face you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you, You're the guy in the Zacchaeus parable, you idiot. Like, you know, like things just come to you. Um, and, yeah. you know, and, and you don't give to the poor um, you, it, because you are the poor in every analogy that you talk about. It, it is so interesting and horrible uh, you know and and i think you know that we should we should maybe do a show on that on just the language and how language is used by elders and bruce hales and how it's really just one big confessional it really is um listen we have to go but um peter was again it was great meeting you you can come back anytime no problem please um I'll, i'll give you questions that are really difficult in advance so you can not provide dead air again like you did tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I I know I really appreciate the time and uh Cheryl uh, as always you're like a sister now so you can come back and as well. I appreciate both of you for for coming tonight and thank you very much.
3: Thanks James. No,
1: thank you. Take
0: Thanks. care. Bye
3: bye.
1: Bye. I know, I know. I was a little giddy. Smoked a joint and meandered a few times. I get it. But fuck you it's the christmas holidays and um and and you know i can't always frame the brethren stuff in in the dark way you know there, there's a time and place for to to not crack jokes and obviously there's a time and place to not meander <laughs> but um yeah, I had fun doing it. And Peter's such an interesting cat and uh and I love Cheryl so much that um that yeah, tonight I just had a good time. It was that Hitler thing. That Hitler meme just it changed my entire mood. I had just just come back from a Christmas concert uh for my kids. And uh they are grade 3 and grade 1. And um you know, that was a uh, you know, it was what it was. It was just a bunch of really badly uh organized kids tripping over themselves and being cute and stuff so that was fun and then i come home and i'm like okay i'm gonna do a podcast and it's gonna be with peter okay you know i was was feeling good about it but i was like and then someone else sent me that hitler meme thing and i just died laughing so i decided instead of it being like tell me about when the brainwashed peter finally was excommunicated from the cult. How did you feel, Peter? I didn't want it to be like that. So I spoke to a joint, and I regret nothing. And even this meandering screed, I don't regret shit. You guys are still listening to it. It must be at least mildly entertaining. I don't know what shows I have going on this week, except for Casual Fridays, which I'm really looking forward to. And if there's anybody in the comments that wants to be on the show, you're on. We'll see you next time on Black Bolt. Blackboard Black, Black 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 (laughs) Black 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 Black
0: Black, blackboard black, <laughs> black, 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 black 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 Black
3: I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.
1: I'm Matt Kundle, host of the SoundOff podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.